We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Blocks podcast, the Bearcast. Uh, I am here without my co-host, Andy. Um, this is the start of Pac-12 season for the Bears, so we are going to kick it off with a preview pod of Oregon uh, that we play this Saturday. And one of my dear friends, uh, Joey, has, who is the sideline reporter for the IMG Oregon Sports Network, has graciously um, accepted by asked to come on the show and talk some Morgan football. So here's Joey. How you doing, man? Good, Rob. Thanks for having me. Should be fun. Uh, it, it's always fun for me whenever Cal and Oregon square off because, uh, as you know, I grew up rooting for Cal in the Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Jackson, Marshawn Lynch, Javid Best heyday under Jeff Tedford, of course, an Oregon connection there. So this is always fun for me. Yeah, and uh, of course, you know, it's it's that time of year again where we're starting to talk about Pac-12 football. Of course, you guys just played our most hated rival, and that was pretty much one heck of a game from a from a third-party perspective. I'm sure if you had any vetted interest in that game, you're probably swinging one way or another, um, but that's neither here nor there. So uh, let's talk Oregon football, all right? Um, let's start with the offense. You guys have probably... In my opinion, top two quarterback in the Pac-12, Justin Herbert, who looks phenomenal. What have you seen from your perspective, how his growth has been from last year to this year? Well, it's a lot of hype uh, for a guy who I think does deserve the hype uh, of being a potential top pick in the NFL draft. Uh, I'm biased, though. I see him in practice every day, and he is very, very good. He can make all the throws. He's got a lot of velocity on his ball, and he's very athletic with the prototypical modern quarterback build. But it's also a lot of hype for a guy that uh, has not yet played an entire season. One, because he didn't start until midway through his freshman year. In fact, his first Pac-12 road start was against Cal just two years ago in that double overtime game that ended with Cal coming out on top. Um, Then he was injured halfway through last season. So it's a lot of hype for a guy that hasn't played an entire season yet, but he, he definitely has a command of the offense. He's definitely taken the reins as a team leader. I think that's been the biggest 
point of his development has just been being the leader and quarterback. Uh, the guys all love him, but he's not the most vocal guy in the world. And so that's been the biggest uh, adjustment, I think, for him is to get more and more comfortable with being that vocal leader, commanding the offense at the line of scrimmage. And uh, we've seen a lot more of that as this year has progressed. With last season, you guys had running back Royce James rush for over 1,400 yards last year and now you know coming into this year it at least from an outsider's perspective looked like there might have been a question mark there running back maybe tony brooks james Uh, but other than running back or running back included what other weapons has herbert looked to use to to get this offense going well, if it's Royce Freeman, you know, without him, it's it's definitely been a different style of offense. Tony Brooks James is the guy that I think made the most sense to step in. Um, he's the veteran. He's the senior, but he's a little injury prone. He even got dinged up in that game against Stanford. So it's been C.J. Verdell who's carried the load a lot of the time for, for the Ducks, the redshirt freshman who unfortunately was having a breakout performance against Stanford until he fumbled with 51 seconds left when the Ducks were trying to ice the game that led to that big comeback for the Cardinal. Uh, and I think that overall with the running back position, it really is situation. Tony Brooks, James, C.J. Verdell, Golden Bear fans will see a lot of them. Number 33, Cyrus Vibi Likio will come in at the goal line. He's been the the goal line back. That's really been his role with this team. Uh, those are the guys that I think uh, you'll see the most of. Dylan Mitchell really was the one that took a huge step forward. He's be, he's become the alpha dog as a wide receiver. And so in terms of wide receivers, he had a career day and really one of the best Oregon days is receiving against Stanford over 200 yards, receiving 13 receptions. And those are both second in an individual game all time at Oregon. Uh, Dylan Mitchell's the guy I think to watch. He had the breakout performance. Brendan Schooler, Johnny Johnson have been splitting time as the starter as the other outside receiver. Jalen Red has been the slot guy. And then the Wake Forest transfer to Barry Hines. Those are the guys that Justin Herbert's been throwing to. He really, though, Herbert is always like the throwing to his tight ends. Jacob Breland, number 27 at tight end, has been solid for the Ducks in his career. He's a great pass-catching tight end who actually played wide receiver in high school. And Kano Dillon, a transfer from South Florida, who actually picked Oregon as a graduate transfer over Florida State, despite the fact that he played for Willie Taggart at South Florida. That tells you something. Kano Dillon uh, is a big-bodied guy that's a big weapon for for the Ducks in the passing game. Uh, But really, the bread and butter of this team, they're going to go as their offensive line goes. If they protect Herbert and they're opening up run lanes, uh, that means it's a good day for Oregon. He can pass even when no run game is, even when there's no run game going. He's that good. He can put the ball in that tight of windows. But obviously, it helps a lot when your offensive line is generating a lot of holes for the running backs to, to move through and for Herbert as well in that read option game that the Ducks utilized much more against Stanford uh, than they did in the first three games, the three non-conference games this year. So from a Cal if you're looking at it from a Cal perspective, what does Cal on the def- defensively need to do to stop this offense? Uh, I think ultimately it's get to Herbert. You know, you, you got to make him uncomfortable. Uh, the Ducks have have taken care of the ball for the most part, but Herbert's also given up a couple big sacks. So I think it's get to Herbert. And, and then frankly, if you do stop the run, uh, it does make it that much, much harder on Justin Herbert, but the Ducks didn't run the ball that well in the first three games. And, and Justin Herbert still had, Really, really big day. So I think ultimately it's get to Herbert. You got to find a way to contain him if you're the Cal defense and honestly force some turnovers. That's something Cal's defense has done a nice job of. Seven turnovers already in terms of interceptions this year, seven interceptions for the Cal secondary. 
Duck head coach Mario Cristobal said that it's a playmaking and athletic and disciplined defense that Justin Wilcox has in his second year. So I really feel like uh, the key is to get to Herbert, maybe force a turnover or two and get the ball back into the Cal Bear offense. Okay, then we'll flip over to the defensive side for the for the Ducks. Troy Dye, of course, is the big mainstay of this defense from last year. Who are some players outside of him that, you know, we that Cal should be zoning in on? Justin Hollins, number 11, has been ridiculously good. Um, And Jalen Jelks looks to me like a prototypical outside linebacker in the NFL. Um, Both of those guys in terms of pass rush have been solid. And Jelks is really interesting. Against Stanford, he played outside linebacker. He's going to play D-end, I would imagine, against Cal. And he's just that versatile kind of a guy. Hollins and Jelks, though, man, they've done great at getting to the quarterback. And they'll be the first to tell you that the only reason they've been able to get to the quarterback as effectively as they have is because of the guy they call Fat Mac, (laughs) Jordan Scott, number 34, as the nose tackle for the Ducks. He occupies two offensive linemen every time and just plugs holes. It's rare that you see running backs go by him without him at least nicking them up. And the depth of the defensive line was really on display against Stanford. Oregon had a couple backup guys in Gary Baker, Drayton Carlberg do nice things. And Austin Fallyu has had a really, really good day, a really good season, I should say, as the defensive end on the opposite side of Jalen Jelks. Fallyu, though, is questionable for the game against Cal. He got nicked up with an ankle injury against Stanford, so he may not be able to go. And if that's the case, you're going to see a lot lot more of Gary Baker at number 51, Drayton Carlberg, number 90 as well. But Fallyu has had a really, really good season. If he's out for the Ducks, that's a big hit to the defense. But in addition to Troy Dye, it's definitely the guys coming off the edge in Hollins and Jelks and Jordan Scott in the middle. He just plugs up holes. In the secondary, Ugo Chuku Amadi is a guy that has been around. He's the bit, he's the most veteran player in the secondary, and that's a secondary that Oregon's going to play a lot of different safeties in. Nick Pickett, Brady Breeze, number 16, number 25, respectively. Javon Holland, a playmaking ball hawk safety, wears number eight. All of those guys will play with Ugo Chuku Amadi in the secondary. And then Thomas Graham and Diamador Lenore, a pair of sophomores that have played together since middle school, actually, are, are the two cornerbacks for, for the Ducks. Uh, the biggest playmaker though is definitely Troy Dye and I think it's going to be huge for Oregon to have some pressure coming off the edge whoever is back there at quarterback for Cal any hints Rob uh your guess is as good as mine but at least for now we know the starters Chase Forrest or not sorry Chase Forrest oh too many Chases Chase Garbers so we'll go we'll we'll go with that I'm not going to give you away too many things because I don't want you uh leaking it over to the Oregon staff over there fair enough (laughs) um so what does Cal's offense need to do to be able to break down this defense? You have to run against them, and that's something that no one's been able to do. The Ducks are top five in terms of rush defense and yards per carry in the country, and that's after they just faced the second-best Heisman voting candidate last year in Bryce Love. He got the second-most votes in the Heisman ballot. He only had 89 yards against the Ducks on the ground on 19 carries, if memory serves. So they got to find a way to run the ball. Um, that's something that no one has been able to do. The Duck defensive strategy definitely has been stop the run, get to the quarterback, and Oregon will put their corners on on islands and get one-on-one coverage. They've given up some big passing plays, did a few against Stanford, a couple playmaking tight ends have really done well against uh, against the Ducks. So to me, I I think if you're the if you're the Bears, you got to find a way to run the ball, at least keep Oregon honest. But when you get those opportunities with wide receivers and one on one coverage, you got to take advantage. And that's where I feel like it's going to ultimately come down to the quarterback play for Cal, even if you don't run the ball well. 
which no one has been able to do. Ducks have given up some big boom, boom, home run kind of plays in the passing game. So if you find a way to take advantage of that, I think that's going to be the other piece to this. If Cal's wide receivers can make some big plays against Oregon secondary, that bodes well for the Golden Bears. I think that's been how teams have found success against uh, this Oregon defense so far. All right. So let's move on to a little bit of the big picture. You guys were 7-6 and six last year, 3-1 and one currently, have a coaching change within a year of hiring a new coach. The offense less than a year, actually, than, by a couple days. Jeez, okay. So then you, you promote the offensive coordinator, um, and now he is your head coach. Going into the thick of the conference season, what's the general expectation for this team and how they progress? I think the expectation from the get-go was to compete in the North, and I think Oregon feels like uh, they have the talent to be able to do so, and I think they've developed the depth utilizing some freshmen at some key positions in order to do that as well. There's a lot of negatives to be taken from that game against Stanford, but I also think there's a lot of positives. Stanford's the number seven team in the country, and by all (laughs) accounts, I think Oregon and everyone would agree outplayed them apart from a few key mistakes and really there were two key mistakes for me three key mistakes really in that game that was the difference otherwise Oregon would have knocked off Stanford and then it would have been a huge matchup for the Golden Bears to potentially pull an upset and then Oregon has to go back and play Washington the following week so I think that the key was always this stretch you know you get Stanford at home you got to go on the road to a Cal team that is by all accounts improving drastically under Justin Wilcox and then you got to come home and play your rival in Washington I think this three game stretch was always where things will be made or not made for the Ducks but I think overall the the goal was to compete for the Pac-12 North I I feel like this is a team that can win eight nine games I think that Vegas eight and a half win total was about right and I think that's the expectation they want to compete in the North and if you win the North really the last few years apart from a Sam Darnold led USC team the North has dominated the Pac-12 yeah they definitely have and I mean you look at it right now with Stanford, Cal, um, sitting there undefeated, and then only Colorado is undefeated, I believe, in the in the South. So there's a bunch of teams that are going to be competitive going forward. Um, Vegas has the Oregon-Cal game at, I believe, three-and-a-half-point favorites to yes. Oregon. Is that how you see this game playing out, a very close, pretty much by a field goal um, type of game? I think that it can go that way. It's the first road test for the Ducks, and under Willie Taggart last year, Oregon was terrible on the road. Um, so I, I think that there's a little bit to be worried about there. It's kind of the pink elephant, uh, and it's the first time that the Ducks have had to be away from the raucous crowd of Autzen Stadium. Uh, that being said, I do think that Cal coming off a bye, that's a huge advantage as well. If Cal wasn't coming off a bye, I'd say it's probably more of a touchdown spread in Vegas, but I think there's also the question of the attitude and the response from an Oregon team that I think feels like they really missed an opportunity and really shot themselves in the foot too many times against Stanford. So I think there's a lot of intangibles here to keep in mind that I'm curious to see how practice goes this week. Uh, You know, how the guys respond, the ducks on Tuesday will hit for the first time. Uh, That'll be the first time they're in full pads. So, you know, I'm really curious to see how that goes for Oregon, just the attitude of the team. So, you know, I I think it's going to be a close game. I I think that Cal's going to be rested. I think that Oregon could either come out fired up or Oregon could come out maybe a little flat after that performance against Stanford. So I I, I think that Vegas is onto it. I mean, you know, I think this is going to be a close game and it's Pac-12 after dark. Weird crap always happens. 
Yeah, and it's a ranked game. So, hey. For the first time in 13 years, I believe, right? First time that these two teams have met at the when both of them are ranked in the top 25, I believe, since 2005. It's been I, a while. I believe so, yeah, because that was prior to me going to college. So, yeah, that, that should be right. <laughs> My goodness, that was a long time ago. Oh, man. Well, that's, that's pretty much it. That's all we had to talk about. Um, thank you, Joey, as always, my dear friend, for coming on and talking Oregon Ducks. Where can my listeners and followers find any of your stuff or listen to you if they want to hear your your sweet angelic voice? Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's that uh, the moneymaker, as they say. I'm on Twitter at Joey McMurray, J-O-E-Y-M-C-M-U-R-R-Y. Uh, you'll find probably everything and more than Cal fans will want <laughs> on that feed. <laughs> All right. Um, Thank you, Joey. Um, And from us here at Golden Blogs, as always, go Bears. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.